Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Week 19 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And please tell your friends, send it out, tweet about it if you like it and if you're listening to it. Uh, we're doing well and we can do better and we need more followers and listeners. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I really appreciate the messages you guys have been sending me, so keep it up. A lot to talk about this week. I don't know uh, what your family's immigration story is, but we didn't have good credit uh, or private health insurance when we came here. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I got to start tonight with the president's new immigration policy. And all you people have been calling me over the years talking about immigration and talking about illegal immigration. Very clear to me that the president of the United States is also against legal immigration. I, uh, I've been talking about this on Fox News all week. And I am sure I'll be talking about it some more as the election gets closer because this is the president's go-to, Right. Uh, economy uh, having its problems, let me energize the base by throwing a little red meat out there, saying that you can't come to this country unless you can afford it. Now, I am a second-generation American. My grandparents on both sides of my family immigrated from Europe. Uh, My grandparents on my mother's side from Italy, Sicily to be specific. My grandparents on my uh, father's side were German Jews who escaped Hitler. Um, They didn't have good credit uh, when they ran from Hitler, and they sure as hell didn't have private health care. 
But the president's new policy puts a premium on people having private health care and good credit uh, if they want to become citizens of the United States, if they want to uh, come here and immigrate legally to the United States of America. And I got to tell you, I I, kind of had a back and forth with Ken Cuccinelli without actually debating Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, Fox News, I was on Fox News, I think, Monday night. And uh, when the policy first was launched or or teased uh, and I suggested that this is ridiculous, that nobody would ever qualify to come here like that. My grandparents sure as hell wouldn't have. I mean, my grandparents, I don't think, had good credit when they died, let alone when they were escaping Europe. So um, they wouldn't have qualified to come here. But, uh, you know, I was on Fox News and I, and, and I put those points out there. And then the next night, that same anchor that I was on with Shannon Breen uh, brought up my quote to Ken Cuccinelli. I, I was really flattered that she did that. I appreciate Shannon Breen doing that. And Ken Cuccinelli said I was misleading in those quotes and then proceeded to say exactly why my quotes were correct. That these are things that matter now to the Trump administration if people are trying to come here legally. Oh, because there's such burdens on the systems. And, and cons will throw out this misleading statistic that 63% of, of immigrants are on some sort of government assistance. That includes public transportation. That includes financial aid. That includes public schooling. Now, America, um, there are a lot of people in this country who get financial aid of one way or another that go to public schools that are doing all sorts of things like that. That is something that we all do. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you a drag on society. And I get it. I, I Look, I understand the need <clears throat> for immigrants to come here and stand on their own two feet. I also see immigrants, right? I, I live in reality. I'm not one of these guys at a MAGA rally uh, just, you know, foaming at the mouth, even though you're on public assistance. You know that 70% of MAGA rally uh, participants are on some form of public assistance. 70%. By the way, a lot of them are on Social Security, which is socialism. I don't know if they they know that, but that's what that is. Uh, Medicare, also socialism. Um or some other sort of disability or nonsense that they think that they earned. But yet, you know, they call me a socialist. I'm not on any of that. I work for a living. But, you know, I get that there's some need to kind of throw this red meat at the base, but I live in reality, and I see immigrants every day in my life. I'm sure you do as well. Maybe you don't know they're immigrants. I don't know their status. But I know they're first generation, and I can tell because they're working hard at jobs that you probably wouldn't take. Now, I get how if you're some factory worker in the Midwest, you're worried that these people are taking your place. They're not. If you want to go pick corn or if you want to go work in a field, or if you want to work in a restaurant, or if you want to do one of these jobs that a lot of these <clears throat> a lot of these immigrants come into this country and do. Hold on a minute, let me get a little water here. <clears throat> a rare coughing for me on uh, on the air. <laughs> Very rare, Mike. Uh, it is a, uh, you know, I don't see a lot of people lining up to take these jobs. They're not competing with you. They're not taking your jobs. You just don't want those jobs. Now, if you want those jobs, go get them. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you can get a job landscaping, uh, MAGA wearer. But that's not what they're. That's not even what 
the, the deal is anymore. Now that's not the, the lie that the president tells you because he can't tell you that lie because he's hiring these people himself. I mean, the president's doing raids in, in meatpacking plants and rounding up 700 people working in a meatpacking plant. By the way, they're working there. They're not like on welfare there. They're working there. And if they're not being paid enough to not be on welfare, let's talk to the people that hire them, okay, who are subsidizing their labor force through welfare. But he picks up ICE, the president's ICE, the day after the El Paso shooting, raids a meatpacking facility in Mississippi, arrests over 700 people. They're going to be deported. Any charges filed against the guy who owns the meatpacking plant? Uh, Nothing. Crickets, right? That's because the president himself employs on his properties people whose uh, immigration status is unclear or let's let's be let's be clear he knows that these people do not have legal immigration status but he hires them anyway because they're great workers and he's also exploiting them like the guy in the meatpacking plant probably was but the conversation is not about the guy in the meatpacking plant or president trump or whoever else is employing these migrants or immigrants no it's always about them when it comes to trump So, you know, you want to have a conversation about who should or shouldn't be here. Let's have a conversation about the market forces that are driving people. All these MAGA hat wearing lunatics that are, you know, sitting in a Trump rally right now as we speak, talking about how great this president is, talking about socialism. Don't want to talk about the market forces that are driving people to this country. And I'm not just talking about the people who are coming here seeking asylum. And that, you know, that's an issue in and of itself. But the people who come here to work. Now, there isn't a, a, a system put in place to process the millions of people who come here to work every year. There's no system in place for it. And nobody wants to acknowledge the reality of our immigration system in this country. They just want to demagogue around immigration in this country. I have said to the president time and time again through my appearances on Fox News that if you really want to solve the immigration problem, there was a great bill that was passed from the United States Senate in 2013. And it's called the Border Security, Economic Opportunity, and Immigration Modernization Act of 2013. It was a bipartisan bill that had four Republican sponsors and four Democratic sponsors, including your golf buddy, Lindsey Graham. Ask Congress to send you that bill, Mr. President. It solves a lot of problems, including giving you $25 billion for, for border security. Isn't that what you want? And it also gives a, it also acknowledges the reality that there are market forces, you know, capitalism, market forces driving people to this country. All these people with the MAGA hats talking about socialism don't even understand capitalism. They don't understand that immigration is part of capitalism. They don't understand that it's the market driving people here. They're going to call me a socialist. They're going to let the workers be kicked out of the country, but not the factory owner. Why isn't that factory owner standing charges right now? Why not? What, 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 what's going on there? Why isn't, why isn't everyone who hires illegal immigrations to do labor in this country almost always below market rate, why are they not punished, not questioned? 
Why is it always the worker? Why is it always the person? And you know, MAGA hat wearing person out there, you probably aren't a factory worker. You probably aren't the guy work owning a factory. You're probably the guy working in the factory. So, you know, maybe you should start taking the side of the person just trying to make a living in this world, who's responding to the market forces that drove them to this country. Why are you taking the side of the factory owner or the president who's, you know, basically an oligarch? Why? Why do you think that that's you? Why do you think that that's good for you? Why do you think you're one of them? You're actually more like the immigrant that's getting kicked out. And by the way, you're probably, if you're like me, your family's not too far removed from that. My grandfather on my mother's side worked in a sweatshop. Worked in a sweatshop sewing, hemming, making garments his whole life. And he was a U.S. Army veteran and he still did that. So aren't I more like the immigrant? My, at least my family experience is more like that of the immigrants than the factory workers. He worked in a factory, my grandfather, you know, in the factory. So I don't understand how we keep going back and forth to this. I don't understand how we keep landing on this page where we have working men and women siding with the factory owners and the oligarchs and the rich people in this country over that of the workers in this country. I don't understand. You claim to believe in capitalism, but you will not acknowledge the market forces that drive people to this country to work. What's wrong with these people? What are they doing wrong? 800 people who were getting up every day, every day, and going to work in a factory, in a slaughterhouse and meatpacking facility. I mean, good, honest, hard work. And they're getting kicked out. They're getting kicked out of this country. What'd they do? They're not criminals. They're not an MS-13. They're not a gang. They're not running guns or drugs or, or prostitution. They're working in a factory that feeds America. Right now, there are immigrants all over this country working in jobs that feed America. That but for those immigrants doing that task, our food chain, our food supply would be severely damaged. Why can't we acknowledge that? Why are we siding with the people who own over the people who work when most of us, almost all of us, are the working people in this country? I don't get it. I don't get it one bit. We got a president right now that wants to keep you angry. That is his only job. It's the only thing he cares about. He wants you angry because he thinks if you're angry and afraid, you'll keep him in office. You should be angry at him. You should be angry at him. This is a guy who doesn't need to be doing this, these policies. He could have taken a better path. He hasn't. He demagogues. He separates. He fights. He wants you afraid. And he's failed miserably at his job. I've talked about this in the past. There's the trinity of the presidency. You are ahead of your party. You are ahead of the government. And you are ahead of state. And in my opinion, 
The only thing he's been successful at is being head of his party. He's dominated his party. He hasn't been good at being head of government. Look at this government. He doesn't even have people working for him full time. He has all sorts of temporary appointments in his administration. But, you know, you want to argue with me that he's been good at head of government because you're some sort of conservative? Fine. Let's just put that aside for a minute. Let's talk about his job as head of state. Where he's supposed to bring people together. Where he's supposed to have grace. Where he's supposed to rise above. By the way, all these things exist simultaneously. These are not three separate jobs that he does at three separate times. This is the embodiment of the presidency. It's the presidential trinity, I call it. He has failed. Failed. All he wants to do is divide. He thinks if he divides, he'll win. And by the way, he was right in 2016. He divided and he won. He thinks that's going to continue to work for him. He thinks he only needs 40% of the country to love him. I think if the economy continues to go in the way the way it's looking like it's going, frankly, America, uh, he's going to have a hard time getting 40% of the country to love him. He'll still get 38%, 37%. I don't think that's enough. The margins are very thin. But he wants us to be divided most of all among race. He wants you to be afraid of these people who are working day in, day out. They are the backbone of our country. They are driven here by market forces, which you all claim to understand and love and appreciate. But you want some sort of socialist system where we keep people from using the market. That's what really, honestly, if you're anti-immigration in America, you're a socialist. Think about it. There are market, there's a demand in America for labor, cheap manual labor. There is a supply of that demand outside of our borders. That demand needs to be met. So the people who have that labor, the supply, come to America. But we have a president right now that wants to put a wall up between the supply and the demand. That, America, is socialism. That's what socialism is. So you want to talk about how you love free markets, how you love capitalism, how, oh my God, the Democrats want to give me health care. It's the end of the world. It's socialism. No, socialism is putting up a, ma- a wall between supply and demand. And this president of the United States has promised to put up a wall between supply and demand. That's socialism. The government putting a border wall between supply and demand is socialism. The president of the United States is advocating on a daily basis for socialism in America. Instead of trying to make the market work by having a system to process that supply that wants to come here to meet the demand that's here, instead of putting a system in place, instead of working with Congress or even passing a bill that Congress already passed, the president wants to put a wall up between supply and demand socialism and if you support that you're a socialist that's what social not even you're a communist i uh, i'm not gonna mince words you are for the state having complete control over a market you're a communist i don't get it i don't understand how people don't see that 
I don't understand how people don't understand that it is market forces at play here and they don't get behind it. They don't want to make it work. Hey, there's a market here. There's a demand for labor that's not available, readily available in the United States of America. Were people lining up outside that meatpacking plant? Were a lot of Mississippians going to want to go on there and cut out, cut off the heads of chickens all day? Not one chicken that you're going to eat for dinner that day. No, thousands of chickens a day. You want to do that? Are you out there doing that? You lining up? You take any jobs away from... Americans in that plant, 850 workers arrested. I wonder how many Americans also worked in that plant. Four, five, supply and demand. You put a wall up between supply and demand, you, my friend, are a socialist. You're breaking the markets. You are not allowing the free exchange of capital. That right there socialism communism i don't know whose side are you on america you really believe in capitalism or is capitalism only good if you're in the healthcare industry like is capitalism only for the healthcare industry because i you know i hear everyone wants to call me a socialist because i want to see health care provided for everybody you don't want free markets for anything you're a socialist you're a lying socialist. All right. I've got Janet Johnson, one of my favorite guests, joining me on the other side of this break. Stick around. Got more to come. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Janet Johnson, one of my favorite guests, one of the best people I have on this show, always ready to go, always well-informed, always well-read, and an opinion that is strikingly similar to mine. Janet Johnson, how you doing? I'm, well, wait, it's been three months, is that right? It's been 18 weeks since That's you've been on my show. Crazy. I, I, I It is a long time. Usually I have you on like every month, but it's been I've been doing a lot of different things. And I actually was off for a couple of weeks because I went on vacation, So, uh, which I never do. I actually went on a real vacation, so I was off for two weeks. So it wasn't like it was like 18 weeks of actual show. So how you doing? Nothing ha- it's not like anything happened. No, it's so. not like the world is on fire every single day. <laughs> It's just crazy. I put an evergreen on my podcast when I was gone and uh, thinking, ah, what could ha- what could go wrong there? Right. You know, Congress is on recess. The president's playing golf and, yeah, you know, yeah, shootings and, then, and yeah. you know, nonsense and the president not denouncing white supremacy. It, it, it's ridiculous. So stoking white supremacy. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, that Beto clip is so there's so many great things that Beto said and 
done since, you know, El Paso, which is his hometown. But to me, the best thing was his, you know, the moment of, you know, this guy, first of all, reporters, what do you think? I mean, really? Right. Is it a question whether he's racist? I mean, honestly, I've never really understood if you're going to be racist, which, you know, he, Stephen Miller, his, you know, his government, they've admitted this week, Cuccinelli, yeah. we, we don't want, we want European immigrants. Which, that, way, I don't even think they want European immigrants. Like, who's coming here that has good credit and, and, uh, and health care? Like, well, he wanted Norwegians. Remember, there was, a, you know, he was asking, why don't we get more Norwegians? The reason is because their government has favored, you know, uh, our relatives, our relatives who came here with low skill, with little English. Right. You know, pushed carts of rags because nobody else wanted those jobs. Right. They didn't want people coming here who would take high-paying, good jobs from English-speaking Americans. Oh, I, I've literally decided tonight that the president's a socialist. He literally wants to put a wall up between supply and demand. Right, right, right. He literally wants to put a wall. There is a demand for labor in this country. We saw 800 hardworking people get deported last week. Right. And well, only 400 turned out to be undocumented. Half of them were legal. Some of them were Americans. So right, right. So we saw 400 them. hardworking people get deported. People who came here looking for work got work because yeah. there, was a suppl- there was a demand for that work. They were the supply of that labor. And he literally wants to put a wall up between supply and demand. If that's not socialism, I don't know what is. But he wants that labor. I mean, he wants those people. Yeah, he uses it all the time. He used it all the time. And Americans, you know, if they're being honest, know these aren't jobs that they want. I mean, you know, every Uber Eats, every DoorDash, every delivery person that brings food to my house is an immigrant. Every person has an accent. Every person. And that's not their only job. That's their second, third, third job. Second, third, fourth job. And by the way, their kids are going to work really hard and beat. This is what I've decided. The, these fat, lazy, MAGA hat wearing people who don't want to see immigration, they're not so much worried about themselves. They're worried about their kids. Right. Because right. the immigrants' kids see their parents working really, really hard to make their lives better. And they're saying, you know what? I better study. I better you work and hard. Me. That's, yeah. they end up That's us. Right. right. <laughs> That's who we are. They become lawyers. <laughs> they become lawyers and doctors and accountants and they start businesses and they, they do all sorts of great things. Yeah, <laughs> but we want that, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the goal of America. But, you know, I really feel... Janet, that- it's literally what makes America great. Right. It's what right, makes right. America different from every other country. Although I just got back from Europe. It seems like there's a lot of immigrants starting businesses there too. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, yeah, and hopefully our hatred doesn't get, you know, exported because we are, you know, before the election, we were in South Africa and people were saying to us, you know, you can't elect this man. And, you know, we kept saying, no, 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 it's not going to happen. But they said, it's not just, you know, that we worry about what happens in your country. The rest of the world looks to America. You set the tone for the whole world. And, you know, telling Israel this is, you know, something happening right today. This is, you know, timely. Telling Israel not to allow, he urged Netanyahu, Trump did, not to allow two American members of Congress to travel to their country. I mean, imagine that. Imagine Obama saying, don't let these Americans into your country. Usually the American president fights other governments to let Americans. Yeah, fights to let the Americans and our press into those countries. And yet now we have a president like calling up Netanyahu saying, don't let them in. Because they don't agree with him, because it's his, his political opponent, you know, and that's Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. And, you know, I, I'm Jewish, you know, and I have to say, if we can't, you know, if we can't say that Israel 
isn't perfect, that Israel, you know, and it's not perfect. I mean, right. It's, it's not, not perfect. perfect. It's and not perfect. And guess who's part- not also not perfect? This country, because we elect idiots. Well, and, you know, it's coming down to Netanyahu is more sympathetic to the white supremacists, to, you know, Russians who are not friends of, of, of Israel, you know, right. who are not pro-Jew, and they are more sympathetic to other totalitarian regimes than they would be to a democratic, you know, government, which we are vastly becoming not a democratic government. I, you know, I got to tell you, I have turned the corner. I think that... Um I think it's I think we've got to work really hard but and I don't think it's a given but I see the end I see I the too. I see the I end of this presidency too. and I was going to say that that you know when you and I started talking it was sort of a panic you know that we felt we have to you know do things to you know to fix this we have to change this I I feel that way too I feel that there isn't there's not one defense and you you hear it cuz you're on Fox cuz you talk yep. directly to these people they can't defend this. They can't, no. and they can't support it. And if they are, you know, if the four hundred one ks start tanking as they did this week, yeah, they did. You know, and if, if he says, you know, lies to people's faces and says these these tariffs are going to be paid for by China, right? But we're going to postpone them till after the holiday because we don't want you to have to pay more for your gifts, right? He's lying to you, yeah. people, and it, it's crashing our economy. The debt this year is the largest deficit we've ever had in American history. Ever. Ever. Yeah. I mean, and these are allegedly Republican values. This you know, was the thing had, that they cared about the most, the debt. Right. And, well, and, 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 and the and deficit, they and they're exploding right. it. it. I mean, does Times Square still have... The ticker, I, you know, I, I never really walked through Times Square. because It's, it's the, not in Times Square. It never was in Times Square. It's off Times Square. It's not far from Times Square, but it still exists. It's still there. Where, why, are, why don't we talk about it? Why doesn't it ever get shown? It used TV? to why be, um, whenever I was on Fox Business during the Obama years, yeah. that clock was always shown yes. on every show at right. some, going to some break. Right. So, Where is it? There was a live yeah. camera on that clock all the time. It, and, and it's kind of just tucked away somewhere, and you know, people walk by and they go, "Oh, look at that!" And you yeah, know. we'll dust it off, I guess, when a Repub- when a Democrat comes back in, because it takes a Democrat to you know to chip away at it, right? But it used to be an obsession, right? I mean, all of these things, you know, and so even if- I, I got to tell you, I'm never going to fall for that again. I'm never going to have the conversation well, we again. Really I'm going to be when I'm on, you know, you know, when it's President uh, Kamala Harris. <laughs> Uh, or 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 or, or, uh, or you know whoever uh, Cory Booker or whoever the next president is, yeah. and I'm on Fox Business talking to somebody, some Yahoo. I am gonna, I, and they bring up the debt and the deficit. I'm just gonna laugh. I'm just gonna laugh. I'm gonna go. You're a hypocrite. Where were you for the no, last four years? Like, yeah, you didn't care at all during the Trump no, years. Now you care all of a sudden, right? And it's the old, you know, how are you gonna pay for it? Is only when it's a proposal that a Democrat makes. Yeah, a proposal for some sort of, you know, um, aid or you know, they try. They went to court and were told today after appealing that yes, indeed, you have to give soap. And toothpaste to children yeah. in detention. Yeah. But meanwhile, we found out today that the Wall Street Journal uncovered the story that Trump, not as a joke, is discussing whether he can buy Greenland. <laughs> I, th- I mean, just think about what that. What does he want to do with Greenland? Uh, well, the old joke when you know when he first became president was he'll buy it and he'll build a golf course because with climate change, <laughs> Greenland's going to be you know like the be nice. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. It'll. Well, be- it'll be more like it'll be like Virginia. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, right. You can have a nice resort there. Right? Yeah. Um, 
what? Well, I mean, really, his aides are are helping him try to figure out if it can be done. Like, can you imagine if Barack Obama sat around playing golf every single day? You know, and he liked his golf. I mean, that, that Barack Obama did play golf. Yeah, not nothing, as much as this guy. <laughs> nothing compared to this. Guy. Right. At one of his own properties, putting money in his own pocket, his own pocket, Secret Service to play at his golf club, and then sat around and spent time tweeting about what was on MSNBC, and then thought, you know, uh, there's a, a shooting epidemic. Children have to get backpacks that are bulletproof. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out how we can buy Greenland. How we could buy Greenland from the? <laughs> I guess it's Denmark that owns Greenland. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is. It, the, what does he think he's like? Uh, he, he thinks he's like Thomas Jefferson. Like this is the Louisiana, Louisiana purchase. Louisiana purchase. Right. Like what? Well, is he I guess th- he could get a lot of white people and maybe export them to America, so he could, you know, populate more Nordic people. Is he? That is his preference. He you does. Know, it turns out. Um, I mean, really, is there one thing anyone can point to? And in the end, he's going to just bring racism. That's the only contribution he's making yeah. to America. Yeah. And that's good, I guess, for some people. But it, most people, as it turns out, don't really want to admit that they're racist. I mean, even Stephen King, you know, who is really the worst person, I think, in America. Yeah. I mean, even he tries to, you know, you know, say I'm not really racist. It's it- just. No, I, I, I think that a lot of suburban moms that live in Pennsylvania and Michigan mm-hmm. and Wisconsin and Arizona and North Carolina, they don't want to say they're racist, right? I mean, you look at, you know, I, I'm feeling, I got to tell you, I think last week was really bad for the president. I haven't seen any really good polls since then because it's August yeah. and you don't see a lot of polls in August. No, uh, but there, I mean, Fox had a, had a poll with him down down in every, uh, you know, every watershed, you know, place where he has to win. Well, the you state know. polls came out yesterday that showed him. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, he's Terrible. down in Utah. He's underwater right. in Utah. Right. 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 I mean, how is that possible? Right. right? Well, then, you know, maybe it should be possible, right? I mean, I know a lot of Mormons. Mormons are great. Mormons are good people. They yes. are nice people. And they're yes. not racist people at all. They're and, not. And they're not hateful people. And I don't know how you could be a Mormon. And live like they live, and still support this guy. Well, I mean, we should talk to Mitt Romney about that because he doesn't—he doesn't support him, but he doesn't oppose him as you know. Yeah, I thought you know strongly. I had I had high hopes for Mitt Romney. I thought Mitt Romney—he's always been mealy mouthed in his yeah. you know opposition. He's—he really stands for nothing. But this is the know. thing about him that I don't understand. Like, why is he there then? Like, what's the point? He's never going to run with Trump. Trump is right. going to be gone the next time he runs for re-election. In two, in, no, and why is he? I mean, he has a garage for his cars. Where he, they, needs, like, he needs nothing. He's, he needs nothing. His, his boats have, like, hydraulic lifts. I he's mean, as rich as you need to be. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. What so do you want? What does, he, what does he care? Like, why? Like, you know, we know that he's done some good things in his career, Right, he's done. I mean, you might not like everything he's done, but like he brought health care to people in 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 Massachusetts. He saved the Olympics in Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. he's done some good things. So he's an enigma. He really is. I don't understand that at all. I really, honestly, I really want to talk to him. I want to. I don't want to. There's not a lot of Republicans. We need a new John McCain, and I thought he was going to be it. I had high hopes. John McCain wasn't John McCain. I mean, again, even John McCain had this, you know, sort of. I mean, he wasn't Lindsey Graham. John McCain was alive today. John McCain would be standing up to this. I feel it. 
I mean, well, I, I just he would be upset about an American president telling a leader of another country not to allow American citizens to visit. That would that would make him apoplectic. I yeah. agree with that. And, and a lot of these un-American things would make him apoplectic. But you know what? He would he kowtowed to the NRA. He you know he wouldn't be doing anything. You know, to me, if you're a suburban mom, what do you care about more than keeping your kids in yeah. school or yeah. know, at a garlic festival? Or, I mean, how does that, why is a semi-automatic weapon something any person in America needs? And by the way, if you're like a right-to-life conservative, how right. on earth are you in favor of people getting mowed down by machine guns in the street? Like, I don't understand where that where that disconnect is. It's hypocrisy. It's right? complete hypocrisy. <laughs> like, they the care only- about abortion. They don't really care about abortion. They don't no. care about choice. Right. They don't care about lives of innocent, innocent lives. If they did, they'd vote Democrat every single time. Because right. far more people are dying because they're malnourished, don't have health care, or gunned down in the street than abortion does ever. Right. Right. And and if you can watch this week after week, I mean, you know, El Paso, I, I guess, Mexican lives don't matter as much. You know, I don't know. But if that connection between yeah. what Trump said and what happened in El Paso, I, it, it could not be clearer. Yeah. The, the words about, you know, and, and we had to argue that. I mean, that was the other thing that we had to sit there and say, well, did he really inspire it? The guy said he wasn't directly inspired by Trump, but then he quoted Trump. And by the way, the guy was only 21 years old, so who was inspiring him? Trump's been in his life for his basically the last four years. I mean, give me a break. Well, and even the leftist, you know, that guy didn't try to be a leftist. He was a misogynist. But hate inspires hate, no matter right. what your ideology. Right, and if right. you use these words and you gin up these crowds and you, yeah. you yell about send her home and right. you know it's an invasion right you know and i think you're right that there is this fatigue that even the people who thought that he was funny and he was fun and this was going to be different and you know I, they bought into his stuff i think it's exhausting yeah i i, like I i've been hitting the the grace button the you know where's his grace like where is his bringing people together yeah. Where We're is this uniting? Yeah. Like, when right. does he ever do that? Which right. is what a leader should do. When does he ever rise above? I, right. I get, you know, it was kind of cute when he was on The Apprentice and maybe when he was first <laughs> running for president that he fight back really hard. Now he's like the is, now right? he's the leader of the free world. He is the yeah. his words matter more than anyone else on the planet's words. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't use them carefully. He doesn't choose what he says in any way other than what's coming from his gut. Right. And it's dangerous and it's causing trade wars. It's causing our economy to fail. It's causing people to shoot up things. It is not good. And it's not even good for your soul. It's not even comforting or, you know, that was, I think, when you say he had a really bad week last week, he was terrible everywhere he went. And, you know, the picture... I oh, that feel. picture of him with the thumbs up is just disgusting to me. And and holding that baby. And by hostage. the way, took that picture with that baby because none of the other victims would see him. Because they were old enough to, to walk away. Right. They were like, I don't want to see this to guy. Take a child hostage, and and you know, make the family pose with with him because he his, their parents were dead. You know, obviously the baby didn't have a choice. In twenty years, that baby is going to look at that picture and be sickened. Oh yeah. You know. The, and that that whole the visit to you know Ohio, talking about himself, he told the mayor of El Paso that he's a rhino as he went there supposedly to comfort 
you know, people who, whose families were just shot. Yeah. It is, it's, it's horrifying. And I think you're right. I mean, there isn't every Democrat. I mean, I'm not a Bernie fan. He doesn't, you know, lift me up. But every, every Democrat pretty much would be sort of more relaxing, more comforting. Like anybody, less- not even any Democrat. George right. W. Bush, who was a horrible president, right. was good in these moments. Right. Understood right. he had to go there and not be partisan. Right. Like, oh, could you, could you, could you, could you, I couldn't even think of George Bush attacking his political opponents while he's comforting somebody after a tragedy. Right. Right. right? And, he, and, and before Donald Trump, I thought George W. Bush was the worst president we ever had. Know. You know, and exactly. it's like, it turns out he wasn't so bad. I mean, exactly. I take him right now. Like, he understood the presidential trinity. He understood that some, you got to be the head of state. You got to comfort people. And by the way, this is why he's going to lose, my friend, because we are tired of this. And it's not just me. People are exhausted. They they voted. Some people voted for him because they thought Congress would just relentlessly go after Hillary Clinton. It would be a nonstop fight. Well, what did we get? We had a nonstop fight when he controlled both chambers. We need that's why. By the way, that's why we need to impeach him right now. It should be a nonstop fight from here on out. It should be this guy's bad. We're getting rid of him, and it's not just about Russia. It's about everything else he's done. Emoluments, you know, using the golf uh, vacations to, to to line his own pocket. It's time. Everything he's done needs to be put under the microscope so people are exhausted by the time it's election day and they get rid of him. I agree. I agree. And in the meantime, so who's our, who's the Democrat? Who's the great hope? It's not your Hickenlooper. Well, he's out. He's running for Senate. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> got to get the Hick in the Senate. <laughs> so who's it going to be? Who do, who do we... Can I tell you something? I don't even think it matters. I hope yeah, it's somebody okay. good. I don't want Bernie. Uh, you know, I, I would rather it not be Biden because I just think it's... I think it should be somebody young and exciting. I, I like Kamala. Uh, I like um, I like Corey. Uh, I like Elizabeth Warren, but she's you not young. Uh, you but, 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 but Janet, I only have 20 seconds. I got to oh, say goodbye shit. to you. Oh, We're going to do more of this another time. Oh. Janet Johnson at Jay Johnson Law on Twitter. Watch her on HLN every Saturday morning. And she's on CNN once in a while. So you got to follow her on Twitter. So, you know, one of my absolute all time favorite people on the planet. Aw. Janet, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Go Greenland. There you go. (laughs) All right, that's my interview with Janet. I'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Stick where you are. All right. I'm back. So, uh, who knows what horrors lie this week with this president. I don't know. The, you know, I'm looking at these polls. The Fox News poll last week was incredibly revealing about this president and his lack of popularity. And I feel like, you know, I don't think the economy needs to crash completely for him to lose even more popularity. But, you know, a slight dip. I mean, we're right. You know, you notice how they haven't talked about 3% growth in a while because they're not going to hit 3% growth this year. They're not even going to come close to 3% growth. And they they also lie about the jobs they've produced. Uh, Obama, over the same period of time, towards the end of his presidency, forget about the beginning of his presidency, where the economy started creating tons of jobs. At the end of his presidency, you know, the last 36 months of the Obama presidency have been, were much better, by about 600,000 jobs better 
than anything this president's done in his first 36 months. So, you know, let's let's be clear here. Their record on the economy is shaky at best. The president's ridiculous trade war isn't helping anything. And uh, for the first time ever, the president talked about the economy in one of his speeches. And it was the day that the stock market crashed, fell 800 points, the largest loss of the year. Uh, America, you know, I'm not rooting for a recession. I'm really not. But uh, I want the American people to wake up and understand that this man has nothing positive to do with the economy and his trade war and his lack of, you know, stability has actually damaged the economy. Markets crave stability, America. And if there's one thing about this president uh, that we can all agree on is he's not stable. He's not a stabilizing force. And, you know, it's not going to last. You know, any economic boom we have is not going to last. The question is, you know, does it happen before or after he leaves office or before or after the election? Because it's coming. Uh, We all know it's coming. And I also don't think this guy has a plan to deal with it. His plan right now is to yell at the Fed chair, who he himself appointed. This is his guy at the Fed. He picked this guy, Jerome Powell. And now he's yelling at him. And by the way, Jerome Powell lowered interest rates in a way he shouldn't have because this guy bullied him. So let's be very, very clear whose people are in charge. I don't think... He can handle any crises, America. And we are fortunate right now that we haven't had a major crisis under this president. I mean, we had hurricanes. I mean, look what happened in Puerto Rico and Maria. Look at what happened there, where the federal government should have been leading the charge because the state government in Puerto Rico is, you know, useless. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And the only reason why, you know, people aren't going nuts over this like they were for Katrina and Bush is because it's Puerto Rico, not a state, a territory. And it's way off the way off the mainland, and people don't think about it. So uh, God help us if we have a real crisis that requires real leadership, because there is nobody home at the White House, not the president, and not his appointees. He's got a bunch of people who are there just on an interim basis, and most of those people are just people who he saw on TV one day and decided to give a job to. Anyway. Let's hope we have a good week. <laughs> All right. I got to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. 
Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.